This is Chronic, life with never-ending pain. I'm your host, Crystal Chavez. I live with fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis since 2012. If you live with chronic pain, I can't guarantee this podcast will make you feel any better, but I do hope it makes you feel less alone. Now, grab a soft throw blankie, settle in, I'm snuggled up with my pups. We're hearing from my friend Jandel Lafont Garcia. Her journey with chronic pain started in March of 2020. I had gotten back from a trip where I had been snorkeling and I first thought I had an earache. And that was right around the time that the pandemic was really revving up here. And so I had called my doctor and said, hey, I have an earache, I've been snorkeling. And so she, through telehealth, prescribed me some some like medicine for my ear. And then when the earache didn't clear up, that's when I got sent to like an ENT. She saw more than one ENT, ear, nose, and throat provider. Then they thought the problem was with her jaw. She got treatment for temporomandibular or TMJ joint dysfunction, pain in the jaw joint and surrounding muscles. She had surgery on her TM joint. That didn't work. Eventually, Jondell went to a neurologist and found out the issue was not her TM joint. She explains her latest diagnosis. What it is, is my trigeminal nerve, and so they don't really have a word for it, so they just call it trigeminal neuropathy, which is just pain of the trigeminal nerve. In my particular like case, what they're seeing on my MRI, is that it's called the Meckles cave. So there's these two caves <laughs> in your skull and it's where the trigeminal nerve passes through on both sides. And it should be open where the nerve has space to pass and both of mine are flat. And the one on my right side, they said is nearly non-existent. So what it's doing is it's squeezing on that nerve and causing it to like constantly fire. So it's like constantly like just touching that nerve and saying like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. And we don't know why my Meckles caves are flat. We don't know if it's always been that way or if they just got that way because we don't have anything to compare it to because I haven't had an MRI on that part of my skull before. Right. And so I know you have a lot of friends with chronic pain. I'm one of them. And uh, you wrote on Facebook recently about feeling guilty about getting relief from one of your procedures. And relief is a wonderful thing. Why did you feel guilty? Right, so I'm going through these procedures right now that are called pulse radiofrequency lesioning. And so what it does is it heats up the nerve really hot. They can't kill the nerve because it would cause all kinds of problems with my eyeballs. So, so they just heat it up really hot and they hope that it fires differently is kind of how it's been explained to me. And I had that procedure in April and May. Let me see, May. I think I had them on both sides because I have pain on both sides. So I had that in May and then I got a couple months relief. And so... It felt good, but then I also was in a space where I was feeling like, but there are people that I know that have been in chronic pain for over 10 years, and here I am like two and a half years in, and I get this relief, you know, and I was excited about that, but then I felt bad, like, because I'm like, I know all these other people who, like, they've tried everything, they've done everything their doctors have said to do, they've gone through all these procedures, or they've had, like, really intense surgeries, and then they're still in pain, and there's no more options left for them, and I'm like, I still have this option, And if this doesn't work, I have, I don't say not even two, like one and a half more options. And so I would just, I've thought about it like survivor's guilt, right? Like I just started feeling like it doesn't feel fair. Like I've only been in pain for two and a half years. They've been in pain for over 10 years. I have options. They don't. 
Um, and then I just kind of got in my head about that because I, I want people to have relief, I guess, and now know what it's like to be in pain every day of your life. And it is not super fun. <laughs> yeah. But you know, your friends are rooting for you, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, I know. It's just, it's like, I, I'm like, I never expected to be like, oh, I, I, you know, I feel like this or I feel like this like guilt for you know, having relief or having this option. It, it was just really weird that it just like came up for me. And I was like, okay, I know, like as a therapist, I know like it's, I call it dirty guilt, right? It's not based on actual facts, but it showed up. <laughs> yeah. You said you have, you have experience and you're a therapist, right? Yep. I'm an LPC. So licensed professional counselor in Texas. I don't see clients right now. I do more policy and training work. And that has been really good for me because I've been able to work from home, which I know like a lot of my friends that are therapists are still working from home and seeing clients virtually, but I don't know that I would have had like the ability to see clients because there were days where I'm like, I really can't talk to anybody. And so that's kind of what therapy is. So. Yeah, I was wondering about that, how it affects your ability to talk if it's your jaw. So it kind of depends on the day because where I've experienced most of my pain is like right under my cheeks. So there's three branches of the trigeminal nerve. And so one goes like along your eye or forehead. The other one is like right on your cheek and the other one is like by your jaw. And so I don't know if it's like the middle one or the bottom one causing me problems because I feel it like kind of in between the two. So there's a branch there. We don't know which branch it is. But anyways, so it's like that's where I feel most of the pain is like right underneath my cheek, kind of like where my like the crease of my lips would go all the way up to like my ear. If you can think about like that diagonal line. And so like eating, talking, some days it's worse than others. And so it really depends. I don't know. And I don't know why all the time, why some days are worse. Yeah, I totally get that. Like you never know. You never actually, did you see, I don't know if you've seen that Lady Gaga quote because she has fibromyalgia and she's like, chronic pain is no joke. It's waking up every day and not knowing how you're going to feel, which can make planning a little hard. So pain reaches every part of life. It affects sleep, mental health, work. What are some of your coping strategies? I get massages once a month. <laughs> I actually go to some a chiropractor and she does medical massage. And so I do know that if I'm holding tension in other parts of my body, that I am like I, I'm more likely to be in pain because my like I'm just like all my muscles are tense. And so that definitely helps. I go to therapy because I think that's important as a therapist. I think everybody should be. I'm like, everybody should go to therapy if you have access to it. I know there's some some issues with access, but I'm grateful that I can see a therapist to like kind of talk about chronic pain, grief. I have a lot of really amazing friends and I try to see them. Like that's been kind of the difficulty, right, is balancing. I want to see my friends because it makes me feel good, but also there are some days that I don't feel great. And they've been really great about like, we just like we'll sit on the couch and like watch a TV show or chat or whatever it is. Like we don't have to go do anything active. And then I play with my pets. Right to my next question. I want to talk about joy because even though we're sick, we still have to do things that make us happy. I know you like cooking. Saw you went to a concert recently. And then of course, like you just said, spending time with family or friends, you know all about this, but we also have to factor in recovery time. Right. Yeah. I did go to that concert recently because I was going with my sister. My favorite, our favorite band was in town. But then I, I feel like I pay for it. 
Who's your favorite? Oh, Hanson. <laughs> you can't put that on the podcast. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm going to get teased. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song? Oh, oh, weird. Probably weird. Yeah. That's my all-time favorite. <laughs> Why? Um, I love that song since I was a kid. And it talks about how everybody's different and unique and probably just a little bit weird. <laughs> And they, when they sing it now, they, like, really slow it down. So it's, like, kind of, like, hauntingly beautiful. And I think they have a lot of fun performing it. So, yeah. And did you have to, you know... How was your recovery after that? The problem is I don't always factor in. I'm still learning this, but I don't always factor in enough recovery time because I I did take off the next day off of work because I knew I was going to go to the concert. So I knew like I was going to need the day off. So I did sleep in a little bit, but then I also scheduled like a doctor's appointment and then I went back to work the next day. And you know how it is when you miss work and so you're trying to catch up on like two days work, worth of work in one day and just went I don't know running back into work and mm-hmm. you need to give yourself more time yeah I'm still learning that <laughs> and that doctor's appointment in itself is a task that needs to not be on a recovery day <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know I'm like oh I'm gonna be off this day I'll sleep in then I'll go to this it was just a, a small appointment it wasn't anything huge but I do have to get up and get ready and you know, and so, and then we, I know you were talking about joy too. Like, I love making marshmallows, you know, that's like one of my things, but that's been hard too because it's like it brings me joy, but also I can't do too many because if I'm like just being on my feet in my kitchen and then I'll have a bad day. But this is also like your business, a business revenue stream for you, right? Oh, yeah, it's my little side gig. So I use that for my like extra stuff that I want so I can like have my work money, my day job money for like my bills, and then the marshmallow business is like a side. Like a little side hustle. So if I want to buy a pair of shoes or something, I don't have to like look at my budget. <laughs> but that's hard to do. That's work while you're in pain. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I started it when I was thinking this was an earache. Right. So I was like, I'll be healed in like a few weeks, you know, month tops. So it'll be fine to start this business because I'm going to be OK. Or I thought it was my jaw. Like, I can't remember exactly what point of time it was, but it was. I thought that there was going to be an easy solution, whether it was like an earache or like, you know, surgery on the TM joint. Like I, I thought it was one of those things. So I was like, I'll be fine, like in a few weeks. And I was not fine in a few weeks. That fascinates me because I talk to people. It's like when did they decide to call it chronic pain? You know, saying chronic, like when did that happen for you? I think it was. When I, so I got the MRI in December of last year, so December 2021, and then we found out the Meckles Caves issue, and then the neurologist that I had saw sent me to see a neurosurgeon, and I saw him sometime this year. I don't know exactly when I saw him. It's been a few months, but when I went to see the neurosurgeon, I was like, oh, he's going to like you know, go inside my skull, shave it down, make some room for that trigeminal nerve to pass through. And when he told me he couldn't do that, that that's not a surgery he does, that is not, that would would be very dangerous because it's so small and they can like nick the nerve and that would be very bad. 
then I was like, okay, so you can't fix the problem. So now what? And then when they told me, well, if he can't like fix the actual problem, it's now just either getting my nerve to fire in a different way or for my brain to process the pain differently. Then I'm like, okay, well, this is chronic pain because if we could fix the problem, then I feel like I wouldn't be in pain anymore. That's kind of like a long answer to your question. But basically when the neurosurgeon said he couldn't help me fix the problem, then I was like, okay, well, I guess it's chronic pain. I love seeing pictures of your little prairie dogs and they are not the most common pets. Do you, do you consider them therapy pets? I mean, so the cool thing about animals, and I know this from my job as a therapist is like, so connection with another living being is like one of the most soothing things to our brain. Like, and that's research based, which I'm a kind of a nerd for that. And so even if it's like a pet, like connecting with a pet, hugging on the pet, petting them, like that is what helps soothe our brains. And so I think all pets are therapy pets in that way, you know? <laughs> I think I agree. My little Kiko is definitely my little therapy pet <laughs> boy. Kiko like looks at me like so lovingly, like he knows to be good if I'm feeling bad. That's so cute. <laughs> I like seeing pictures of them too because they have those cute eyes. Your dogs had cute eyes. <laughs> They just look at, he'll just look at me like, I feel like he's just saying, I'm sorry you're in pain, mama. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of mine will, like, if I'm having a harder day, like, it seems like she knows. Well, especially she's, like, the most intuitive prey dog. We've had a few, but she is the most intuitive one I've ever had. Like, I feel like she's emotionally intelligent for a prey dog. And they're they're very social animals anyways. And so if I'm having a hard day, she'll come and, like, cuddle with me. Like, she just knows. And so it's kind of, and they're fur is so soft it's just kind of amazing <laughs> it sounds like you have some pretty understanding friends some going through their own chronic pain journeys that understand sometimes you just need someone to sit on the couch with you do you think your family kind of gets it what you're going through family members yeah I mean I have a twin sister and so she's had her own like migraine stuff so she gets it like in that way like she was out of work for a little while she had to take time off because she couldn't even like stand up and tie her own shoes like it was just kind of a wild time for us when she was going through that yeah it was a few years ago she's good now it's like vertigo but it's all like ear structures too so I'm like hmm that's interesting like skull structures we were premature twins so I'm like did our skulls not develop enough like I don't know I don't know and so I knew y'all were twins I didn't know y'all were premature yeah yeah by like seven weeks I was a smaller one but so I, I don't know. It just, it fascinates me because I'm like, who knows? But when you look into a crystal ball to your future, like, what do you see? That's a hard question. I feel like, I feel like I could have answered you that like two and a half years ago. It would look different. These days, I feel like I'm taking it like day by day because I don't know what to expect. Like, I try to hold some hope like because I, I have another procedure and I'm like, hopeful that it'll help me I'm hoping but I'm also like trying to be realistic too because all these other procedures that I've had it's like I get hopeful and then when they don't work for long term then I get really disappointed and so right now I'm trying it's hard to think about what the future looks like I would like for it to be where like I'm not in pain or I can have a procedure like once or twice a year and be okay because that's that's kind of my doctor's hopes right now but um Honestly, I don't know because it's, it's scary to think about <laughs> right now. Yeah. What would you have said a few years ago? Oh, like two and a half years ago? Like, I would be like, oh, I would be 
probably at my job, like, I'd be traveling, like, going places with friends, and then, you know, hanging out with my sister and my husband, and cycling, I wanted to start cycling again, so I used to do that, it would just, I think it would definitely look different, like, I would be more active and probably not in bed as much, which would be nice. Has there been any silver lining through all this? I feel like I always understood like chronic pain on like an intellectual level especially like working when I was working with like different clients I had some clients who were depressed and it was because of chronic pain so like I understood it on that level but now my understanding is completely different and I feel like I understand it more than just intellectually of course I think it's helped me have more compassion like I think about my mom she had a lot of chronic pain before she died and I ended up experiencing this before she passed away and so I feel like it helped me have more compassion for her and it helped our relationship in the long run because I was able to like understand more of what she was going through and why she made some of the decisions that she made that I didn't always agree with but it's like when you're in pain and you're just trying to get it to stop then sometimes people get desperate and so I just feel like it helped me have a lot more compassion for her and then like to be able to understand it you know, when I'm talking to other people on more than just the intellectual level, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So helping you in, in your private relationships and familial relationships and with your work. Yeah. Yep. Is there anything at all that I didn't ask you that you want to say? Anything you wish people knew? I think the hard thing is, so I say I'm a recovering type A perfectionist. I don't know if you can recover from that personality type but I'm always on the go like I go 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 like I keep things together I keep my job because I need insurance right so I think about long term and so I think people don't realize like I'm in pain as much as I am or how bad it is and I think understanding that if you have friends or family with chronic pain like most of if like they're not faking their pain right like we might fake being well a lot of times because we have to get through this world, right? Like I have to keep a job so I can keep insurance and I can pay for all these doctor visits and all this stuff, you know, but it doesn't mean that I'm not in pain. And so when people are like, oh, but you don't look like you're in that much pain today. Are they, if I, you know, say like, I can't do this today because of my pain. And, you know, I think people don't always expect that because I am on the go. And I think a lot of my friends with chronic pain have experienced really similar things where they're like faking being well, just to, because you have to live life some kind of way. And I just want people to know and like be flexible and understanding that, you know, our like what we can do might differ day to day just now compared to like before. And so just for people to have a little bit of an understanding of that and some compassion for people in their lives that are dealing with chronic pain. Truth. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's like when people say they want to do three things, dinner and a movie, like, can we pick one thing? <laughs> but yeah. And just because you see a photo of me doing something well gosh I gotta live but if I'm the the faking being well thing is the thing where no one's faking being sick and if we were why would we pick some random ass thing to be faking about yeah yeah right and that's what I feel too sometimes I feel like I have to explain myself like oh I went to this concert but like you know I was still in pain while I was at the concert like I I, I think I'm still at that place where I'm having I feel like I gotta explain myself to people because I don't want people to be like oh she's just you know, pretending to be sick for sympathy or whatever, like, no, like, I'm really trying to balance, like, you know, taking care of myself and resting and still living my life because I don't want it to be just me in bed 24-7 because I, I did that for a couple years, like, 
and it just so happened to be like during the pandemic so I wasn't going anywhere anyways but I was like in bed all the time and I said like my bed became both my sanctuary and my prison and I don't want to live my life in my bed so I'm like I gotta do things but then it feels like I'm I, then I'm like, oh, but then I got to explain myself, you know, so it's kind of a weird place to be. You don't have to. And I promise because I'm just a little bit more years ahead. There will always be something. Well, why did you need a cane then? And now you don't. It's like the explaining yourself is going to lead to more exhaustion. You know, when you want to advocate for yourself and explain to educate. Yes, but I've had to let go of the explaining because I'm not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to understand. And you do have to keep on. Yeah, you have you're making a choice that you have to still live life, have some kind of, you know, it's going to be look different, but you still got to live. That was a chat with John Del LaFont Garcia. This song is from Blue Dot Sessions. It's called Blood Pedal. You've been listening to Chronic Life with Never Ending Pain. Please share this podcast with a friend someone it might resonate with. Hasta luego. Adios.